I'm advising a number of different businesses right now that are excellent in technology, excellent in healthcare, excellent in engineering, brilliant things that they're doing. However, blind spot, and they realize it, the legalities, corporate formations, the laws, the Byzantine laws that are out there. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hi, and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. It's Rick Nusky. I'm so glad to have you with us, uh, joining us today. And for everyone who has not been here before, welcome to the show. And for those of you who are providing your feedback, thank you so very much. I've, I've been reading through the feedback. It's wonderful, it's warm, it's humbling, and it's making all the difference knowing that the show is making a difference for you. Now, on today's show, we're going to be talking about business structure. We're gonna be talking about, I guess, some of the legalities that go behind setting up a business nowadays and we're going to be doing this with the wonderful Len Garza. Welcome to the show Len. Rick, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely my pleasure to have you here. Now uh, what we do Len is we spend a couple of moments learning about you for I guess more from a personal perspective rather than a professional perspective but we certainly will segue into that um, in, in a short while but I think um, if you wouldn't mind could you tell us where you where you are located in this big wide wonderful world of ours? Sure. I'm uh, in the Northeast uh, of the United States, specifically in the New York City metropolitan area, and even more specific than that in Princeton, New Jersey. But uh, I'm sure as, as you've seen, you know, in this big wide world and in the time of Zoom and COVID, uh, geography is mattering less and less because many times we're just a phone or a Zoom call away. Yeah, it's a wonderful opportunity. I love the technology that we have to connect with each other. It doesn't matter where. I guess it's very much a global society, isn't it? Uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I, you know, I've had a chance to to meet more people internationally, meet them virtually over Zoom uh, in the last year than than I have in many years prior. So it's provided some very interesting opportunities, very interesting silver lining to all this. Do you, do you find that uh, with people that you speak with internationally um, have very same points of view about different things, or are they very different? Uh, I find, you know, that's one of the most interesting things about it, Rick. I think, you know, the core things of of what's important, you know, family, uh, personal connection with others, you know, importance on health, those core things, yes, I, I have found, you know, we're remarkably similar all around the globe. When you get more of in the details of different, you know, people's hobbies and, you know, God forbid talking about politics, you know, that, that's where it can get a little bit, a little bit messier, but the core things of, of what's important to everybody, uh, I, at least in my experience, I found they're remarkably the same, which is, I, I find that, you know, amazing. Yes, it's wonderful. Now, um, like many of us, um, you know, we, we, can, we like our recreation time. Like, being a busy professional, do you find that you have much time to relax? And what do you do when you, when you do relax? Do you have any oh, yeah, that, that's an excellent question, Rick. You know, and it can be tough. It can be tough with anything, and and I I make it a point. Um, it's part of my quality of life. 
uh, and it's very important to me, I make it a point to be physically active. So whether that's just taking a, a walk down the block or around the neighborhood, typically I like something a little bit more rigorous. I have an exercise bike here at home. I always try to make time for that. Um, I have a set of weights that sometimes I go in my basement and get a little bit of weight training. That is so important, and I think you know, for me, it's very easy. It was years ago, easy to think, oh, this is taking time away from maybe other things, you know, like work, what have you. But what I find is, is really there's kind of a yin and yang with it and that, oh, I, I get this, this physical exertion. Um, I get the stresses of the day out and then it clears my mind to be more effective at work. And, and obviously none of that goes anywhere with, you know, I have a beautiful family, two, two lovely young daughters um, and a wife, and I love spending as much time with, that, with them as I can. So, so it's, it's all about balance for me and that's, that's a continuous effort every day, right? <laughs> Trying to keep the right balance and sometimes I do better at it than others, but I, that, the effort's there. Thank you very much for sharing that with us because I always like to yeah. learn more about the, the human behind the businesses because that's what I think makes the My Future Business Show a little unique because we do care about, I guess, the more personal side and you've talked about keeping active and maintaining your health. And without that, we obviously can't be uh, proficient, efficient, run good business and, and, and help others, can we? Now, um, speaking about um, work, can you tell us a little about a little bit about your um, work with Autism Speaks and Enable Inc? Love to sure. learn more about so, that. So these are um, special needs, the special needs community, both in both children and on into the adult community. It's something that's very near and dear to me. You know, I have a, a daughter. Um, who is on the autism spectrum. She's high functioning, mm -hmm. but she's on the autism spectrum. So I'm very, uh, I'm getting more and more attuned. There's still a ton to learn and I'm learning as much as anybody, but mm -hmm. it's something that really, um, it, it opened my eyes to the challenges uh, of the special needs community uh, that they face and, and really opened my eyes to this really wonderful and gifts gifts and talents that they have as well and, and realizing uh, kind of the restrictions in society and, and the norms and things and, and, and the stigma as well. I think, you know, it's amazing to live in this, this day and age and this time because that stigma is dropping, right? Yeah. There, there's, there seems to be more, more and more inclusion, at least in the States, more and more inclusion to, you know, different types of people considering things outside what's considered normal and, and, and opening things up. Uh, you know, I think back, you know, to even, you know, 10, 20 years ago, uh, or the time of my parents or grandparents growing up to where, you know, special needs, autism spectrum, all these other things, uh, they just weren't thought of and went, obviously went undiagnosed and those people were left by the wayside. So really that's what I do with these organizations. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a board member and Enable. It's uh, local to where I am, but Autism Speaks is all around the nation. And it's, uh, they're both aimed at bettering conditions through, through, legal, through legal regulation, through the law, through resources for families, mm -hmm. just being, being a resource and also, you know, trying to help lobby where we can to, to, to make things more palatable and easier and a better life for people with special needs, not only on the autism spectrum, but just all types of special needs. So really those are causes that are near and dear to my heart and that's that's some very passionate my involvement with it. 
Thank you so very much for sharing that that insight to, to your life. And I've uh, been doing my research now. Uh, I know that uh, formerly you were, I guess, uh, you know, quote unquote, an employee working in professional law firms in the past, but you decided right. and you felt this uh, need to go on your own journey as an entrepreneur. I guess, could you, could you share what that was like and, and when did you recognize that, hey, I've got the entrepreneurial spark and I need to do something about it? Right, and uh, that was a question that I'd asked myself for a, for a long time, <laughs> for many years. I, and, it's, and it's hard to believe now out on my own hearing you say that. It's like, do I have the entrepreneurial spark? Because sometimes it feels like I don't, but obviously I must because I'm out on my own. But, you know, it, it's, it's a, you know, mindset is, is so important, so important in so many things. And, you know, when I was working as, as a, an employee, a member of law firm, or a number of, you know, for a number of different law firms, um, and I find this common thread with the other entrepreneurs and other people, uh, clients uh, that I deal with that are entrepreneurs. Uh, there's the same thread, and, and, and there's a number of different things that it can be. Some of them say, oh, I'm, I'm really independent, and I realize I want to march to my own drummer, and I want to make the decisions. So it's some of that. That was some of my decision. Um, also, you know, trying to move up the corporate ladder, trying to move up the law firm ladder and hitting some, some roadblocks here or there and, and realizing there are certain things, so certain flexibility that, you know, you can have working for yourself. And, mm -hmm. and that's, that's another motivator, right? So, so it's not just one thing. It's kind of a few of these things to tip the scales to be saying, yes, it's time. It's time for me to do this. Uh, but also the flip side of this is, okay, well, um, there's the, the stability, or I should say the perceived stability, because yeah. what one perceives as stability may not actually be there. For example, per the perceived stability of getting a, a periodic paycheck here in the States, it's, it's typically once every couple of weeks, sometimes once every week depending on who you work for, mm -hmm. and you, you grow to, to count on that, right? You grow to be, um, you, you grow to be dependent on that, and that, that's, that's what, uh, and that's going fine. That's going fine when, when, when and that's, that's a fine way to live when yep. the economy is going great and your particular sector or what you're doing is going great. Mm -hmm. However, in a time like we've been having and are still in, uh, with the with the recession and uh, there are layoffs everywhere, um, and a lot of companies, a lot of sectors are having a difficult time. Then that stability goes right out the window. Yeah, because the you never know when you might get called in, or there's always that fear if you might get called into your supervisor's office and let know let sorry we're laying off your whole division or we're laying off you, and all of a sudden that perceived stability it's not it not there anymore. That's nothing. As very frightening to me right so um, it, you know going out going off on my own I was able to build up relationships which is key to everything I said at the beginning of this show uh, relationships it's really the core of what I do uh, I think it's the really the core of all businesses because regardless of how you know technology uh, grows and, and AI and, and uh, social media and LinkedIn and Facebook and everything out there, Twitter, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, for me, it's a strong belief I have, 
it really comes down to the personal connection. So you can connect with somebody online, you can type something on your keyboard or your phone, but at some point to really build that relationship and to actually get them a client or vice versa for a vendor to get me a client mm -hmm. or any business to be done, we're eventually going to have to, you know, sit down somewhere, whether that's sit down over a Zoom call now, before and after the pandemic, whenever this is all over, I look forward to scheduling, scheduling more dinner, lunch meetings, coffee meetings over breakfast, really sit down in real time and talk to people build relationships and, and you've already done that a big part of this call Rick by you know not just talking about business but finding about more about the person on the other side everybody is more than what they do so find yeah. out you know uh, if they're willing to be open um, and you're willing to be open that's the best find out about who they are as a person what yeah. makes them tick what do they like to do uh, and that's highly enjoyable for me I love that so uh, weaving that into my business life uh, and not really having a dividing line there, but just realizing this is a way to connect with other people. I just so happen to be a business attorney mm -hmm. um, and enjoy connecting with them in that way. But really, that's just, that is a means, it's an important means, but a means to an end of connecting with people, providing value, trying to enrich their life through legal services and, and any other way I can. This is all about stripping away those those top level elements such as you know businesses and the things that we're talking about and to recognize that we all have two feet in a heartbeat. We all have feelings, dreams and aspirations and I think this is what this call is bringing out. So thank you so very much. Now, I'm all about bringing out pivotal moments in career paths. When you decided to go on your own, Len, I want to go back to that very first time that you connected with a Num your number one client how did you feel to get that success uh it was an amazing feeling but i tried it it, it was a mental game within yep. myself yep. rick you know it was i tried not to put it on a pedestal uh because i tried not to think of a first even though that's the facts they're they're there's a time before, okay, I have no clients mm -hmm. to I have that first client, right? And that time, it's very, for me, it was very important to, to guard my own confidence, my own self-esteem, and my own confidence that I can do this. Not just being a lawyer, because I'm confident in being a lawyer, but uh, an attorney or there, you know, down under a solicitor, I'm confident in that, mm -hmm. but... Now you're a business owner out on your own. Uh, if you're going out to to get business. You actually have to be the one to to develop the business to sell. Yep. Which I think to a lot of attorneys, solicitors, at least here in the states, selling sales that's a dirty word, right? I think many attorneys, and it's something they definitely don't teach us in law school. But it's a fact of life. You don't get anywhere. No attorney has any work to do on a case unless you get in front. Some attorney there gets in front of a client or has a personal relationship and at some point convinces, or I don't even want to say convinces, uh, because it's not necessarily about, sometimes it's about. It's alignment. Yeah, it's alignment has that crucial conversation or series of conversations with that other person on the other type of type on the other side of the table mm -hmm. the virtual table and realizes you know what it makes sense i want to work with you 
Uh, and yeah, some people may call that sales, some call it business development, some, you know, whatever you call it, that is the, the connection. That's where everything happens. And I've had some success in the law firm environment doing that, mm -hmm. but this was a completely different beast, right? Being out on my own. Now it's 100% on me versus maybe have a deal here, have a deal there, but I'm still getting that, that salary from my employer, so yeah. there's not as much urgency. But once things started happening and things started building, and, and I, you know, I don't want to uh, to to disabuse any of your uh, any of your viewers or listeners. I did have some I did have some money saved up, right? Mm -hmm. So I wasn't starting from zero in the bank account. Mm -hmm. I had some money saved up, but that that can go fast. A few months and and paying the mortgage, paying some bills, and that doesn't go long. So so there is that urgency of getting clients, but. Once you do that, you start developing uh, a name, uh, referral system, uh, your contacts. You do great work. Start gets start getting referrals. It sometimes mm -hmm. seems almost like magic, but it's been happening, and, and the work's been doing well even in the middle of a pandemic. So definitely can't complain. That's wonderful news. Now we've talked about alignment with your clients or prospective clients' needs, and then uh, deciding to move forward together in a business relationship to get some sort of a transformation, some sort of an outcome. At that moment right. in time, coming back to that point of that first client, was there a seismic shift in your thought patterns in terms of becoming a business owner? And I think which leads nicely, segues nicely into the core of today's call, um, because at that time, did you were you thinking personally about business structure? Presumably, you might have been given your background, but um, many many startup businesses don't do that, do they? Many don't do that, and because of my background, I, that was already a core of my knowledge, mm -hmm. Rick, which was great, and that that's where a lot of my confidence to do this, to go out on my own, came from. Yeah. Realizing I have value to provide to these business owners, and some of the business owners that I'm looking to go after, um, you know, they're not the super large multinational companies that that hire the the worldwide law firms with an army of lawyers, six hundred lawyers employed for them. There's a certain echelon where that level of client, that level of work, that's not my niche, right? My niche is more, uh, more I. I more emerging business, startup yeah. businesses. Yeah. Some people refer to them as small businesses. Uh, I kind of go away from that small term because many, because there many of them aren't small by any means. They make they make sizable revenue, and they certainly aren't small in the minds of their owners or founders. So uh, you know, emerging businesses, new businesses is what I call them, and some established middle market. But uh, but in in dealing with those clients, uh, yes. Uh, the more established clients, they tend to have uh, the corporate formalities all set up, and then mm -hmm. I advise them on other things. But the new businesses, I'm advising a number of different businesses right now that are excellent. They are excellent in their, spe in their specialty, what they do. Excellent in technology, excellent in healthcare, excellent in engineering, excellent in you know, any, you know, some of the new uh, technologies out there, excellent in AI, blockchain, just brilliant things that they're doing. However, blind spot, and they realize it, the, lega the legalities, corporate formations, the laws, the Byzantine laws mm -hmm. that are out there in every country. Also, you know, Australia is no different. No different. Um, international, international laws, 
there are laws all set up that seemingly when you read through them, it's hard to figure out the common sense reason why some of these laws are that way, why some <laughs> yeah. of the tax codes are that way. Yeah. Uh, and what, what I say is, is, look, why try? You know, let the experts do this. Get a lawyer, specifically a business lawyer, somebody like me, or if I'm not where you're at, get, get a specific, you know, corporate or business solicitor, uh, somebody that knows this, and have them as a valued member of your team. Not, not hire them. I'm not talking about having mm -hmm. an attorney uh, come in and, and work as an employee for your company. Um, that's actually not what I do. I am an outside, think of them as, as like a consultant, uh, I, and, and you basically use my expertise and, and my my uh, knowledge for, for when you need it, my legal input. Focus on your strengths, your core competencies, the, the technology or whatever you do best for your business. Focus on that. Outsource the legal, uh, the, the the law, the attorney work mm -hmm. to a lawyer or lawyers. Outsource the accounting, the accountant work. Uh, it's it's a lot better. Nobody knows everything. You can't try to do everything, uh, and that's really going to take you away from your core competencies if you do that. So that's really the best um, the best relationships that I that I uh, have mm -hmm. with business owners and advice I give new business owners as well. Don't try to do it all on your own. I know, you know, as the word entrepreneur, you think of striking out on your own, but that doesn't mean you do it alone. You have other people you, you lean upon, other cons uh, other consultants, uh, other trusted advisors, and you have those as part of your team so you can get over the learning curve faster, get over multiple learning curves faster, and, and you can get uh, hopefully you'd be successful faster and miss uh, some of the same, uh, I don't want to call them rookie mistakes, but some of the rookie mistakes, miss some of the common mistakes that new business owners make just by learning from your advisors and mistakes that others have made. So you can leverage that and, and make your business more successful. You hear about uh, businesses scaling because they have a professional team of individuals behind them, and I think that's exactly what we're talking about now. Len, just very quickly, I'd love to know why it was. Um, it seems to me obvious that you have an affinity for uh, the legal world. Why did you get into this field in the first place? What sparked that interest? Uh, wow, that's a great question. You know, I, I, I talked to, to some many attorneys out there that say, oh, well, you know, my father was an attorney, my mother was an attorney, I come from a long line of attorneys. Uh, that's not me. You know, I'm the first attorney in my family. I, uh, it wasn't a childhood dream. For me, it was more of an adult dream. You know, I didn't realize until later, uh, you know, in a second career, you know, once I finished uh, post-secondary education, you know, under, called undergrad here in the United States, uh, it was around 1999, 2000. Uh, it, it was undergoing around here. It was called, you know, the dot-com boom, a technology boom. Yep. Uh, well, now, looking back at that, I was getting in towards the tail end of it. I didn't know at the time, but it was towards the tail end of it. Uh, would have been nice if somebody could have informed me before, before uh, you know, I, before I underwent some tough times there. But uh, you know, so so you know, there were some tough times there, and I uh, was laid off from the high flying tech company that I was working with, and uh, and little did I know it wouldn't be the first. Uh, 
you know, the first or only recession I or, or the nation or the world would go through. So it was it was a lot of learning on my part, and that really forced me to learn a lot about what's out there and really learn about myself. Do yeah. do I enjoy doing this specific type of work? There were some things that I liked, some things that I didn't. So uh, it really gave me time um, to soul search. I don't think I would have, I definitely wouldn't have asked for the time back then if you asked me, but life and the world and, and the universe and things have a way of, of, of forcing things on you at times. And so I did some deep soul searching and realized I'd always had an affinity for, for writing and for reasoning the written word. Uh, and I never thought of being an attorney, but the more I looked into it as a career path, I talked to other attorneys that had been practicing and doing it, the more I realized this could be for me. And it started off as something, it seemed like a dream too far, like there's too much to do in the States. Uh, you have to go through to get to, to even be eligible to take the bar exam. Um, you have to go through through three years of legal schooling. I know in some in some other nations uh, you'd have to do an apprenticeship. Um, but anyway, it, it's it's it was a long multi-year road. And I thought, do do I really want to go on this path versus just trying to get back into the into the the job search and hiring on with the company and staying with that route? Well, mm -hmm. I ended up going with uh, the legal path and and working it out. And yeah, years later. Back. Here I am. I haven't looked back. I mean, not to say that it's been all easy. You know, the trajectory hasn't been a straight, you know, 45-degree angle. It's, it's been <laughs> jagged bit here and there, but <laughs> a little bit bumpy. But um, the highs have definitely outweighed the lows. And I'm at a time in my life now and my career where I truly enjoy doing what I'm doing. I love working with the entrepreneurs I'm working with. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm truly, I truly feel like I'm doing what I was meant to do. And, and I definitely, uh, there were definitely times in my life where I couldn't have said that. So yeah, I thank feel you. very right. blessed and fortunate. Yeah. I, I listen to this and it's a, it's great for context because people want to know more about the people behind the business rather than just the nuts yeah. and bolts. But speaking about the nuts and bolts, I'd love to talk about legal structure, um, the core of today's call. What is right. a business structure? What is it from a legal perspective and how important is it to have one? Right. So it, it's very important. Now, I'm going to talk about some of the specifics here, Rick, in the States, but this this is applicable to many nations, uh, to, to Australia. But as, as with anybody listening to the call or viewing, you'll want to make sure you talk with an attorney in your specific jurisdiction because the, the devil's in the details, yep. they say. That's where it's important. But overall, the, the importance uh, breaks down to this. So a legal structure is... Um, it's it's really a made up construct. It's a government made construct, right? There's there's really no such thing as a corporation or a partnership or limited lim, like as they're called in the states here, lim, limited liability company yep, or corporation. Well, see, these are all creatures of legal statute. Governments create them, so they create the rights. They have the protections, potential liabilities, potential protections from liabilities, all of these things. Well, to be able to get all of those powers and, and potential tax advantages, you have to be organized correctly under the statute. You have to play by the government's rules, right? They're not going to let you get all these protections, protections from predators, protections from certain types of lawsuits. Um, 
tax advantageous structures. They're not going to let you benefit from all that unless you play by their rules. And where are their rules? Where, well, many times they're hidden in these Byzantine statutes, rife with legalese. I say legalese euphemistically, but uh, many times as a lawyer reading through them, uh, they take me reading, reading over them, even with my well-trained eye, two or three times just to get the idea of what the actual statute says. So <laughs> if it's that, if it's that difficult for, for, for trying to be and uh, for, for somebody who's been through the fire and do, does this all the time, mm -hmm. how much more unattainable is that understanding or knowledge going to be for the untrained eye, someone not, not trained in that. So, uh, you know, in looking through those things, I'm able to uh, say, look, these are the specific requirements. And any business attorney who's been doing this is able to do this. That's why they're such a valuable advisor to the new business, able to say, look, and this is how I start I have everything with the business. It's not really what can I do for the entrepreneur, because I don't know that yet. Um, the best answer would, would be, I want to find out about the business owner, the entrepreneur. What are they looking to do? What's their vision? Yeah. If they tell me what they want to do, oh, Len, I have this great business idea. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to get me a lot of money. Uh, and then maybe in five, six, seven years, I can sell. Oh, okay. That's helpful for me to know because they're getting into this with the idea of hopefully being so financially successful that they want to sell the company to somebody else. So that already gets me thinking, at least in the States, okay, well, maybe the best structure to start with them off at even though it, it's not as tax advantageous as other structures, is a corporation, a C corporation under our specific laws. Mm -hmm. That is as opposed to starting off with an LLC, limited liability company, or even an LLP, limited liability partnership. Now, if they answer that question a little bit differently, uh, they say, no, Len, I want to live with this. I'm not looking at selling this off uh, in five. You know, a common question I ask is, if I told you in three, five, seven, ten years that you were still with this business and not maybe not involved to the day-to-day, -day, maybe have another manager doing that, but you're still heavily involved. A substantial amount of your time and energy is still devoted to this business. What would you say? Does, does that sound like a good idea to you? And many some business owners say, yes, Len, this is really what I want to be my legacy. This is what I want to build. I'm not just getting into it with the eye towards selling in seven to eight or nine years. Then I could start advising them to di about different ways, sometimes an LLC. Also then we're talking about what jurisdiction do we establish in this state or another state, depending on where their business is. So, so the decision tree can, you know, it starts from one or two questions and then it branches off depending on the answers I get into many different questions after that. And then at that time I diagnose or, or really get to the bottom of what the entrepreneur, what the business owner is looking to accomplish. And then only at that point do I offer my advice like, look, given from what you've said, I think this is the best structure for you and here's why. Yeah. Based on what you said earlier, you care about taxes more than anything or no taxes are important. The more important thing is for you to potentially be more attractive to future investors and having your equity structure set up correctly. So knowing those details allows me to provide a highly customized response and that's my value to them rather than them 
you know, deciding to go on the internet and trying to do it yourself and getting some cookie cutter response or form that doesn't really match their situation. So that's yes. really the value add. Absolutely. There can be some dangers in doing this on your own, just like tax uh, filing taxes every year. And you right. know, you, why, why bother making it difficult for yourself when you can come to somebody like yourself, Len? Now, um, oftentimes I hear, uh, you know, the idea of a sole proprietor going for LLC. So you're, you're willing to obviously work with individual entrepreneurs and I guess teams or groups in a business? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so the people that I work with most uh, sing, single entrepreneurs, yes, I work with them. There's a lot of consultants, professional service providers out there that I work with. And what do I mean by professional service providers? Well, typically these, these uh, other attorneys, accountants, consultants, maybe architects, anything where their services, and I've, I've, uh, I've heard it called by another banker, look, the value of what they provide if the value of what they provide, they take it home every night in their briefcase and in their head. That's what I'm talking about. I work with them. I also yeah. work with other companies that develop products, you know, consumer goods, things like that, manufacturing. I work, I work with them as well. But yes, everything from uh, the solo entrepreneur, help them get up, get set up to a partnership, a couple of people. I have quite a few clients who are husband and wife couples or mm -hmm. two people who left the corporate world. Uh, two or three people, founders that left the corporate world and want to start their own uh, thing, own business idea uh, that, that has been ruminating with them for a while. And they want to make sure that they're set up properly, uh, help them. And then even once those businesses are established, now they're thinking about growing. Uh, what do they need to do? They need to think of compensation plans. Uh, they're thinking about equity, potentially offering different types of plans deferred compensation known as stock options or other type of vehicles. I can help advise them through those through those as well uh, because there's a minefield of <laughs> legal regulations as to all of those. So if you're imagine. not on top of them, if you're not on top of them, it, it's very easy to be to be out of compliance and before you know it, you're in hot water with government entities or worse, maybe one of your employees or former employees who who wants to uh, has an axe to grind. So not getting this right at the outset, yep. uh, there, there are a number of different things that can happen down the future. Uh, Absolutely. And this is why I, I know for a fact there will be a lot of startup entrepreneurs um, and those who have even actually got established businesses, Len, will be listening to this going, you know what, I'm not sure about my structure. So with all that being considered, Len, when people want to work with you, where would they find you and what are the steps that you take them through, please? Right, so the best thing to do is to go on the World Wide Web. You know, it's I could give you a phone number, I could give you an email, but all that's right in the website. For, for me specifically, you go to lgarzalawllc.com. That's L-G-A-R-Z-A-L-A-W-L-L-C.com. Mm -hmm. uh, you could just as easily go in your search engine uh, and type Len Garza Lawyer. Uh, and that'll come up, the top thing that comes up, uh, or one of the top things that come up. And then you'll go to my website and really tell you in detail uh, more of the things I do, my core focuses, what I specialize on. But if you like what you see there, uh, and then you like what you've heard here, uh, you can call me, reach out on email, and typically what we'll do is we'll set up a conversation. You know, I'll find out more about you, uh, your issues, your company, 
why do you, why are you looking to engage a lawyer? Why are you looking to engage me right now? Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes there are things where, you know, I'm not afraid to tell people if it's a little bit too early in the process and, and they're not at a stage where they need to retain me. That's fine. You know, they at least know who I am and keep me and can keep me in mind for the future. But I deal with many other people who, you know, hey, maybe they should have hired an attorney, me or anybody else years ago, because now they're realizing that, you know, for whatever reason, uh, they're having major milestones happen in their companies. Uh, one of the main things is the company's starting to get a lot more revenue, which is great, but they realize, oh, hey, you know, that, that corporate formation that I did a few years ago uh, on that website, uh, I thought I did a good job, but now it's really important that I have that looked over. So many people that have started, started off on their own and want to make sure things are done right, uh, they run things by me, and then I'll be able to see the holes or deficiencies in the ways they're set up and get those corrected, hopefully, before yeah. anything happens and, and we get down the road. And, and I also unravel things after they've already blown up and gone wrong down the road, mm -hmm. but that tends to be a lot more stressful, a lot more expensive, but, uh, and a lot more difficult. And if they can be proactive and get onto this on the front foot early, they're going to be be able right. to position themselves um, to avoid those those consequences, those pains. And now, if you are listening to this call and you are thinking, you know what, I have some questions, get on the front foot, reach out to Len. I'll be providing all the, all of the links back to uh, lgazallc.com for you to um, establish that relationship, have that initial conversation. Um, and with all that being said, Len, thank you so much for sharing your sage advice on today's call and thank you for joining me on the my future business show Brett, thank you for having me i really enjoyed it take care thanks for joining us today if you enjoyed the call then make sure to subscribe leave a comment share us with your friends and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews and if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.